0: Welcome to Ripple Effect Connection. I'm your host Christy Hugick. Throughout my own journey, I've been blessed to form deep connections with incredible souls who've enriched my life with their insights. Today, I'm excited to extend these connections to you, bridging the gap between impactful messages and inspiring messengers on this podcast with the help of my guests. We're set to explore a diverse range of topics, delving into nutrition, fitness, holistic health and the power of mindset our goal is to ignite transformative discussions that create a ripple effect of positive change in your life and the lives of others today we're diving into a topic that's likely part of your daily routine in fact it might just be sitting in front of you right now as you listen to this podcast i'm talking about coffee wouldn't you like to know is it your friend or foe how much is just right and what factors should you consider when choosing your coffee and if you're not drinking it you might be after you hear this podcast today we have a very special guest to help us unravel the myths and highlight the benefits of java andrew Salisbury, the visionary founder of purity coffee will share the science behind crafting a health-friendly brew through Purity, Andrew has helped people with GI distress and mold allergies enjoy coffee worry-free. I can personally attest to how Purity allowed me to rekindle my love for coffee while prioritizing my well-being. You're about to hear the wisdom that will make that morning cup of Joe even more exciting. Andrew, it is such a pleasure to have you here. I'm, I'm really honored that you took the time out to come on the podcast today I you know I'm big on the why behind everything and so I think you have a really strong why so I'd love to start there with you what would you say your why is when it comes to what you have created with purity and what you do with purity coffee
1: yeah, I mean it's my, my background really has nothing to do with coffee. It's been software, and I spent some time traveling with my wife and daughter after I sort of transitioned from from that company. And my wife started having some health issues, um, you know, really mainly low energy, difficult to get out of bed in the morning, and she would wake up feeling tired. And and so we tried to do lots of different things, starting with, with the traditional sort of you know normal sort of uh, looking at diet, going to doctor's visits, that sort of thing, and then. Um, and then I sort of fixated for a little while on the fact that she was drinking a lot of coffee, as a lot of us do. She was sort of self-medicating, uh, using coffee to get out of bed in the morning. And you know, originally from England, I'm a tea drinker. I was, or used to be, a tea drinker. Um, and so I was trying to persuade her to give up. Her coffee, and naturally she was very resistant. And she said, "Look, I, I require some real proof. If you want to show me that the coffee is bad for me, then you know, give me some some evidence." So I met uh, two professors at the Institute of Coffee Studies in Vanderbilt, um, and and basically just asked them, "Okay, give me the truth. Is coffee good for you or bad for you?" And what was interesting is they gave me this really long shopping list of the health benefits of of coffee that I just wasn't aware of. And, um, you know, starting with the number one source of antioxidants in the American diet. If you drink three to five cups of coffee a day, that's where you're getting the most antioxidants, Um, you know, from liver disease, liver prevention, prevention of type two diabetes. And it was a very, very long list. Um, And and that's sort of what got me down this path because the next obvious question is great, fantastic, I lose this argument uh, with my wife, what coffee should I buy her? What coffee is making every decision based on health? And there wasn't any that they could point to. They could tell me what I should focus on, but they couldn't tell me a company that was doing it. And that sort of uh, got us down that, that initial path of just saying, okay, something that people do every single day you know, without fail, if you're a coffee drinker, you never forget to have your morning cup of coffee. Why is there not more concentration on the quality of coffee that they drink for health?
0: Yeah, and it's, it's amazing too, because I think all of us that are in these kinds of spaces, we all have our own story that yeah. led us to the path that we're down. And so I, I really, you know, I loved your story and how it came about. And I I think you touched on something that listeners do not always know or understand. There's so much conflicting info out in the world. This is good for you. This is bad for you. And you can find whatever side of that argument you want to be on. So many people want to know is coffee, is caffeine, is it good or bad for me? So how does a person, you know, how would you uh, uh, say that a person can figure that out for themselves?
1: And, it, it, and it's interesting because you went to sort of one of the original problems, which is that um, we have to separate in people's mind the idea that coffee is not caffeine and vice versa. Obviously, it contains caffeine, and that's the thing that a lot of people fixate on. But it also contains a very high level of a thing called chlorogenic acids, which are the antioxidants in the coffee. So antioxidants that you want are chlorogenic acids, um, trigonline, Cow oil, some of the oils and the lipids on coffee. So step number one is to understand that um, it's more than just caffeine that you should fixate on. It could also be the health benefits of the coffee. So um, to answer your question, I would say this. You have to trust your body there is no better indicator about whether something is good or bad for you than how it reacts in your body but before you dismiss coffee in general make sure that the coffee you're looking for avoids the bad stuff and maximizes the good stuff so what does that mean Uh, avoid the bad stuff means that you know you you don't want pesticides on your coffee Um, if you look at a coffee uh, cherry it looks a little bit like a grape it's porous Um, is often treated with pesticides in countries that don't have the same level of oversight that the US does. So you really don't want your coffee to be treated with pesticides. It needs to be organic. It needs to be specialty grade. And that means that the highest grade of coffee for the simple reason that the lower grades of coffee have what's called primary defects. And all of those linked to health concerns, whether you roast the coffee, there are insect damage, chipped or broken beans. So, you know, specialty coffee is very important. Um, and the roast level is important because as you roast coffee you roast away the antioxidants in the coffee so um, while the caffeine is not going to vary hugely the amount of antioxidants vary a lot and you can create negative compounds in the roast so um i suppose the answer to the question is this watch your body watch how your body reacts to the coffee but make sure you're selecting a coffee that's high in antioxidants um, and it is organic, regeneratively farmed if possible. Um, look for things like Smithsonian Bird Friendly um, and Specialty Grade.
0: Yeah, and I think that leads us probably to our next question to talk about something else that I don't think the average person really understands, and that's that coffee contain can contain high levels of mold. And I think the world gravitates to mold is something visible I can see. And if I see something moldy in my fridge, I'm throwing it out, I'm not eating it, but it's not quite the same in coffee and mycotoxins can't be seen. So I want to talk about the importance of a the stringent, um, standards that you have with third party mold testing for these mycotoxins. So can you talk about the mycotoxins and, and why they have become prominently talked about now in the coffee industry?
1: yeah and it's it is sort of interesting it's it, it is an important conversation but the good news is it's an easy conversation to have a fix for so you know anytime you've got a humid climate there's naturally moisture in the air you're picking a, a cherry you're leaving it by the side of the road and all the way through the processing the processing of that coffee you want to make sure that mold never develops now Mold is not necessarily the problem because mold burns off in the roast. What doesn't burn off in the roast are the mycotoxins which eat the mold. So we can't ever let mold develop. So a lot of this is standards and food processing and the way that the coffee is, it goes through those high levels of standards. And then it's also testing. Um, so, you don't want mold to develop because it can lead to things like ochratoxin A, um, which is very bad for the kidneys, um, and the problem is that when people say, well, it burns off in the roast, it doesn't to, it only burns off at a high enough level where you're basically eradicating all of the antioxidants in the coffee. So effectively, the safe kill step of, of mycotoxins is to roast or over roast the coffee. But then you're going to have another set of problems, which is you're not you know, drinking the coffee in a way that it could be really beneficial to your health. The reason I say that this is sort of a, a, a um, very important but an easy solution is, is simply this. All we need to do as consumers is ask our coffee companies to prove that they've been tested for mold and mycotoxins to be free of mold and mycotoxins. Um, Of all the things that we do, our North Star was, you know, every decision based on health, no compromise. The, The testing for mold and mycotoxins is the easiest test. A whole container costs $200 to test. But a lot of reasons why companies don't choose or importers choose not to test for mold and mycotoxins is because the standards in Europe with um, the, the food regulatory organizations and in Asia exist where they don't exist in the U.S. So the FDA doesn't have any Ocratoxin A requirements or standards uh, for importing coffee. So if you've got coffee that necessarily has you know problems, let's say in um, in Latin America or Brazilian coffee, it's a great coffee, but you know it's not gonna pass the standards in in Europe, you send it to the US because they don't have those standards. So, you know, the reason I say it's important is because it really does affect a lot of people. Um, the reason I say it's easy is is it's a just a $200 test and you do reject coffee that doesn't reach those standards. As consumers, we should ask every coffee company to, to, to test from older mycotoxins and guarantee that it's free of that.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, the other thing is that you can get an organic coffee that's not doing this. So, you know, that's what makes it hard on the consumer. Right. Because you need to ask multiple questions here, but they're important questions to ask. And I've asked it of some coffee places that I know. And and they're like, yeah, no, we know we don't test or or sometimes they do test, but it's not third party tested, which I know is a different even standard alone is. Yes, you might be testing it, but it's different when a third party gets involved. Am I correct on that?
1: Yeah, and you can, you can find organic coffee, which is great. It deals with one of the problems. But then organic specialty grade coffee is more difficult to find. And you know, want to avoid those defects. Then organic specialty grade and it's tested for mold and mycotoxins. That, I think, is the, is the low bar. That's the, that's the table stakes for coffee and health. Um, and, and yes, I think third-party testing is crucial just because I think we should all feel comfortable that, that, that our, our food is following food safety practices and, you know, we adhere to, 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 to those guidelines. Even if the government doesn't ask us to adhere to those guidelines, I think we should all have standards in an industry to make sure that that, uh, that your coffee is, is safe.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And it's, it's like that in a lot of things, right? And in the U.S., you know, we're, we're not... We're not really up to speed on these standards, and it's very different in other countries. Can you talk about some of the specific research that has inspired your approach to creating healthy coffee and how you have incorporated these findings into the products that you do have?
1: I think I was very lucky in the beginning because I didn't have a coffee background. I could start with a clean sheet of paper. So what I was fascinated with is that there was no coffee that was focused on health. And so um, I was introduced to Professor Adriana Farrar from the University of Brazil uh, in Rio, and she's the head of nutrition there, and um, she's probably one of the leading in the top three to five people in the world on the health benefits of coffee. So I started working with her as a consultant. It was meant to be a two-month project. I was just really trying to get my my questions answered. Led to eighteen months. Where we made every decision based on health, and so um, that's the 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 the. the Easy thing for us is that we had a bit of a north star, and that north star is we would make every decision based on health without compromise. And so a lot of these decisions aren't complicated; they're just ones that you have to take with a clean sheet of paper and have no vested interest in producing coffee that's either tastes a certain way or costs a certain uh, certain level. Um, we we wanted to find that that. What, what coffee we could produce, where if every decision was based on health, would it be $200 a bag? Would it taste like ditch water? Would it be incredible? We, we just, we didn't know. And so I think that's one of the big benefits. We could start um, from fresh and those decisions became pretty obvious. So I in mean, organic versus uh, Crops that are chemically treated, of course, it's organic. Specialty grade is the highest grade Yeah, We want specialty grade. If the coffee has got the highest amount of chlorogenic acids, which we know is a health benefit, we want the most of those possible. So we lab test around the world for coffees that reach the highest level and only pick that. So, you know, this roasting protocol, you know, we, we wanted to roast to maintain those antioxidants. So I, I guess, you know, just having that sort of North Star made things, you know, relatively easy for us.
0: Yeah. And if I could share a little bit about my coffee story involving you, and I know you and I have just met, but I feel like I know you because I've been having purity for two, two years. And, you okay. know, for me, it was my way to be able to have coffee. I had okra toxin A um, and Dr. Cole, you know, Dr. Will Cole treats me and I, I also am a health coach for Dr. Cole. And when I was a patient, you know, the okra toxin one of the big things was coffee. And I had to give up coffee for a little while while I was resetting my gut. And when I could bring it back, Purity was one of the brands that was suggested to me. Yeah. I was able to find uh A roast I loved like a dark roast which was ease but also not only was it ease for me uh, in the roast kind but it was ease because I used to be someone who when I did have coffee had digestive issues every time I had coffee especially if I had it on an empty stomach I have never if I say didn't have my purity coffee for a couple days I have never gotten a headache a caffeine headache And I don't know if that has to do with the other blends and the quality that we're talking about here, but my story goes to the ease. And I love the fact that you have these different blends that serve different health purposes. So maybe you could go into a little bit of that to make people understand how the different blends accomplish different health purposes.
1: Sure. So, so the the starting point is 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 this that there's an umbrella level of standards that we want all of our coffees to adhere to. So, you know, the organic, regeneratively farmed, um, Smithsonian bird friendly. There's a lot of things that, that we look for. But what's interesting about um, coffee for particular ailments, and we're in the first rung of the ladder. I mean, we can follow the science to the letter, but there's still a lot of unknowns because there's a lot of variables. Your body is different the amount of coffee you drink, the way you prepare it. So what we've done is we follow the science on um, what the likely effects are and what we should care about for various um, various sort of concerns. So um, let's take the, the ease coffee. That's a darker roast coffee. Some people like a darker roast coffee, um, but the problem is the darker you roast the coffee, the more you roast away the antioxidants. So we use a loring smokeless roaster, maintains the antioxidants. But also what's interesting is the darker you roast the coffee, the chlorogenic acids, which are the antioxidants, turn into chlorogenic lactones, which go through the blood-brain barrier. So they're better for health, and they're also, the, the science is pointing to dementia, Alzheimer's, that are darker roast coffee. As long as you're retaining, you're not creating It's called PAHs, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons from any burnt food. As long as you don't get to that level where you're over roasting the coffee and you're creating chlorogenic lactones, then it's gonna be better for brain health and gut health. And so that's why we roast the coffee that way. And we share all our statistics and all our numbers because we want people to collaborate with us. We want people to say, you know, this is what's working for us and anecdotally, if it's working. And so we're getting a lot of that positive feedback. Um, Flow is a coffee which is focused on just overall high antioxidant coffee, none of the the problems with mold mycotoxins that, that, that we talked about earlier. Um, and and e, um, uh, the Protect Coffee for the liver, um, basically we look at two areas that we're focused on here. One is the processing of the coffee. So it's a honey processing method, which is where the fruit actually stays on the coffee bean as it dries. And so you have to be very careful about food safety standards, but it creates a coffee, which is a little fruitier, easier to drink because volume is important with, with the liver. Um, and so also it's, it's a lighter roast, a lot lighter than the, 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 than the flow coffee, which means it's the highest in antioxidants. So we're trying to dial up and look at things like the CGA's in the coffee, the high level of antioxidants, and also cafestol, cow are really important for the liver, freshness is very important.
0: Yeah, and I think you led me to my next question. Um, I thought what was really cool is companies like yourself, you are able, you're in a position where you're able to tackle causes that are near and dear to your heart. And I thought this summer, I saw your Alzheimer's initiative with that medium roast that you were, um, promoting and that you're giving that money to, you know, the Alzheimer organization, you know, and profit from that. So I thought it was awesome because it's a disease that's very personal to me. Like so many people out there right now, I don't, there's many of us that have had someone in our life that, you know, Alzheimer's has, has touched all of us. Uh, and I think it's really important. And I, I lost a really good friend to that. And so I I would like for you to talk about, you know, what you were able to do with that and how, that coffee, you touched on it a little bit, but how that connecting coffee and supporting brain health went together for a good cause for you.
1: I, I think, and I, you know, I have the same personal story. My father in law um, died of dementia, um, you know, and was really struggling with, you know, obviously loss of memory and just, you know, the, the quality of life. And I just feel like, and I know you feel the same way food is medicine. What we put in our bodies, what we eat, is going to have a direct impact to our overall health. And the studies on coffee and its impact with Alzheimer's are pretty profound. In fact, I've spent you know, a lot of time talking to Dr. David Perlmutter, who's really one of the leading uh, uh, you know authors and, and, and doctors in this particular area, just about how profound coffee could be. So here's something that people do every single day. They could actually improve the quality of that that coffee when it comes to, to, to brain health and they don't necessarily do it because they're not aware of this. So what we're trying to do is increase awareness that, you know, and, and, and by all means drink our coffee, but drink other coffees as well. I mean, it's not exclusive to our coffee. We we. We, we reduce the bad things and maximize the good things. But I think what's most important is that people understand food is medicine and they should be drinking coffee if they've got an Alzheimer or a dementia concern because it's one thing that you can do that really can have an impact. Um, you know, he, he, Dr. Sanjeev Chopra is on our advisory board and he's a liver surgeon. And he says, you know, in, in 35 years, he's never seen anyone with end stage liver disease who drinks three to five cups of coffee a day. That's not common knowledge, you know. Liver surgeons understand that, but it means so. So I, I guess awareness around the health benefits of coffee is important, and then that next step, which is the awareness, but also the understanding of what makes a difference.
0: Yeah, the blend is delicious too. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the initiative, and you know, any coffee that I sold during that time, you know, even as a full disclosure, I am an affiliate of Purity because I want to be involved with companies that other people can use. I don't get involved with a company whose product I don't use or whose product I haven't checked out. Anything yeah. that I got from from any sales during that time, I donated also be, just to follow follow your lead in the cause. And I just love that you're able to, to do these things. You touched on something too that I think is really important is people can get the benefits of some of these antioxidants, even if they can't have the caffeine. Mm-hmm. but. There is a decaffeinating process that is involved with decaffeinated coffee that can cause issues also. So can you talk about what someone who might need to have decaf coffee might need to look out for? Because I think you need to ask more questions of the coffee that you're drinking that's decaffeinated because that process alone could cause some issues.
1: Absolutely, I and mean, it took us a couple of years before we even came out with the decaffeinated version because we wanted to lab test the four different methods of decaffeinating coffee. So there's you know ethyl acetate, the the Swiss water, there's critical CO2, there's various methods of decaffeinating coffee. But one of the primary concerns is the two methods. So Swiss water and critical CO2 are the best two methods to decaffeinate coffee, and I'll, I'll go into the details about why. The other two methods uh, leach anti, uh, anti- antioxidants and they're also chemical so you're introducing chemicals which you shouldn't introduce and you're leaching the antioxidants in the coffee so so we use swiss water process and the reason we use that is because it's natural it's just basically using warm water it's a it's a, a an activated carbon filter that basically takes the, the the molecules of the of the caffeine and filters it out it's 99.8% caffeine free but the reason why I think it's really important is because the health benefits of coffee don't come from the caffeine. In a very few instances, they do. Parkinson's, for example, there's a few instances, there's some arguments about the liver the liver health and also using coffee for enemas. There's, there's an argument that caffeine helps But in most cases, it's the chlorogenic acids in the coffee. And if they're retained in a decaf coffee, and you can now drink a cup of coffee at night, or you can drink an extra cup of coffee you wouldn't normally drink, that's gonna be good for your overall health. So having a decaffeinated version that's good for your health is, is sort of important.
0: Yeah, I think it is important because people will steer away from coffee from that because it's like, you. I'm so glad you're pointing this out. There is a huge difference between the antioxidant benefits and the, just the caffeine. And the folks that are drinking the caffeine just for the energy and because they, they didn't sleep well last night are missing out on the real, you know, to me, heart of the reasons to drink coffee. I did not grow up a coffee drinker much like you. I literally was like, I thought coffee was... N- tasted terrible when I was younger. And, and as I gravitated away from the drinks that I started drinking when I was first having coffee, which were, I won't say the company, but they're, they're sugar-filled you know, yeah. drinks. And most of the time too, the problem's not the coffee. The problem's what these folks are putting in the coffee. Yep. So drinking black coffee, if you can get yourself to a point to do that, which now I love black coffee, I love a cold brew, I think drinking black coffee has by itself, too, has a lot of health benefits. So I don't I want to maybe touch on that with you that make a reminder to people that you can make a cup of coffee unhealthy if you want to
1: yeah absolutely I mean we've we've talked about this about the fact that you know if you drink a good purity coffee and next to another coffee most coffee you can't drink black but you can drink purity coffee black is well worth trying because really good coffee doesn't have that sort of acidic burnt taste that acrid taste you know one of the problems that uh, in the coffee industry for these very big chains that you talked about is they want the coffee that you try locally to taste the same way as the coffee in Singapore or, or another place in Europe so they want to have this uniform taste and the best way to get a uniform taste is to over roast it so that you're used to that taste of really what is burnt coffee and that's what you know creates this sort of like this negative you know, reaction, I need to drink, um, you know, put put milk and sugars and that sort of thing to disguise the taste. If you've got great quality coffee, you don't need to disguise it. And, and in fact, I think what's interesting is you're a bit of a purist. I mean, I feel like, you know, decaf drinkers are really the people who are drinking coffee for its benefits because they're not drinking it for the caffeine part. They're drinking it because they enjoy the taste and the feeling and the, and the health benefits. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why as a group, we're very conscious about um, how we Decaffeinated our coffee um and 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 basically the level of coffee used so most coffee companies use the throwaway coffee i mean it's starting to get stale it's 15 months old or 12 months old let's send a few sacks for decaffeination caffeination because they, these people won't notice we use the highest grade specialty grade organic coffee it's fresh you know it's it's weeks literally weeks off shipping and it's sent straight to swiss water for decaffeination so we use the highest level and that 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 shows in the coffee so
0: yeah we have folks you know in, in one of our programs with with the with the clinic with dr cole you know we we tell folks to eliminate caffeine in the first 30 days and you know we suggest if someone will say well undoubtedly ask well can i have decaffeinated coffee and we're yeah. like, it well, depends on the brand, you know. Exa- again, you you need to. This is that's when I became aware of the decaffeinating process and what the detriments were of that. So we're helping out our decaffeinated friends who are purists yeah. and deserve the best. So I'm glad that we got that we got that info uh, out there. I know for me, like it, yeah, I can have a nice little cup of coffee after dinner, and it's not going to affect my bedtime if I have yeah. the decaffeinated coffee. I like to just. You know, I certainly use the ease the most because of the, you know, lower acidity and the, the right. fact that it doesn't give me digestive issues. I've never gotten digestive issues with any of the others either, but I like to mix it up because I do like tasting the other blends. So, you know, keep an open mind. I think when we become purists, like you're saying, yeah. you learn, you, you can, just like wine tasters will be, you can taste the subtle differences in mm-hmm. the blends and you can really enjoy the different tastes. That are out there. I have also. I don't know if you're privy to any of this research. I know I'm throwing this in, but I um, operate in the world of professional golf as my full-time job. Yeah. And I've had a conversation with Phil Mickelson, who started a coffee company. The reason why he started the coffee company was because he had psoriatic arthritis, mm-hmm. and the doctor told him drink as much coffee as you can because yep. it reduced his C-reactive protein. And so I think there are some, and I don't have the PubMed studies in front of me, but there is research that if you can drink this black coffee, like you're saying, it really does have anti-inflammatory properties.
1: Yeah, and for, for you know, initially when we started looking at all the health benefits of coffee, I couldn't really understand you know how it could be affecting liver health and prevention of type two diabetes and things like gout and tooth decay and and you know and it, a wide range of health benefits. And of course, later on, I understood that it's it comes from the antioxidants in the coffee, which reduce inflammation in the body. So a reduction in inflammation wherever it's found in the body is going to be one of the one of the impacts. You know, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I don't think that can even be said, I mean, in terms of, I don't think that, that we have to be very careful about, you know, making any links to food and anti-inflammation. But it's just, it's, it seems to me a little bit crazy that, that, you know, there are foods that will reduce inflammation in your body and you need to source those out.
0: Yeah, not, and yeah, he's, he was big on it, and that's the reason why he started the company he did um, yeah. and why he does have his own coffee brand. What's yeah. your favorite way then, Andrew, to consume some coffee? What, now that you're one of us, yeah, what, what's your favorite way to consume some coffee?
1: Um, I typically, you know, I'll drink, I'll drink regular coffee until about 12, then I'll switch. I was in getting older, switch to decaf in the afternoon just so it doesn't affect my sleep. Um, I'm not really, I don't have this very sophisticated setup. I might use a Chemex pour over in the morning, you know, I like the ritual of coffee. I like that first thing in the morning, making a cup of coffee for my wife and daughter, if I can catch it before she goes to school, you know, just a pour over and then tasting different coffees. And I also have the, the benefits of, of trying new versions of coffees that we're experimenting with and, and farms we're trying to consider. So, um, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm very old school. Uh, You know, as the chemics pour over most often.
0: My husband likes the French press, so he'll use some in a French press. Um, Sometimes the the fact that you're one of the only companies that has this kind of coffee in a K-cup is a lifesaver for me because sometimes when I'm in a hurry, you know, the K-cups are a lifesaver. I've also taken the um, K-cups to use, you know, even like the, uh, the blend for the Alzheimer's research i've taken that you know and ground the coffee and then put it in you can get a k cup that you can put your own you know grind in so i I do Uh, you touched on it though the ritual is a big deal and so one of the things i found myself grieving a little bit was the process of going to a coffee shop and just enjoying the atmosphere because now i'm not one i'm so careful about Mm -hmm. what i have you're right there's a ritual involved with coffee that's important
1: yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I, I suppose it's sort of like, you know, you transfer one ritual to another and I, I don't miss the ritual of a coffee shop or, you know, just because I think I would prefer to have a really amazing coffee at home than, than something that's disappointing when I travel. I mean, so that's a bit of the problem. I revert to being a tea drinker when I travel.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, one of the things that's helped me a lot is the fact that I can travel with the the the, the packets that are yep. like a tea bag. So that's what I do, you know, because I do travel some for work, but I do work from home. So that's why I miss sometimes getting out to a coffee shop, uh, because sometimes you get inside these walls and you're like, okay, I need to get out a little bit. You know, so I do miss that. But I am thankful that you have the the ways that we can take it on the road with you. One thing.
1: So this is because you you now get a sneak preview. We're actually going to come out with a soluble coffee, which is our coffee soluble in an instance, basically, and it's cold brewed and then flash frozen. So it's amazing to deal with that travel problem.
0: Oh, my goodness. That yeah. is amazing. Thank you for giving us that. That's that feels like a big privilege that you give me that. And that also sounds perfect for me. So that gets me oh, that gets me fired up.
1: Yeah, You'll love it. It's great.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to offer folks a, a, a discount that listen to this podcast. But I want to uh, first allow people to hear how to connect with you and the brand and and where they can learn more about what we've talked about today.
1: Yeah, just uh, come to puritycoffee.com and um, I think your uh, your code is coach Christie. is that right for 20% yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and really take a deep dive in, into coffee. We've tried to be um, as transparent as we possibly can be about the health benefits of coffee, the studies that support that, you know, and, and also take a look at, you know, we've now got, this is, the I'm so happy about this, but we've now got 34,000 uh, testimonials with a rating of 4.9 stars. So, I mean, it's like, you know, anecdotally, just read through some of the responses so you can get a feel for whether this is the right, you know, right thing for you.
0: Yeah, I think it's great. And I think you touched on it, right? Knowledge is power. Just know the information. And I think part of what we're doing here today that people, you know, it's awareness. You, you can choose to drink whatever you would like to drink, but you should know what you're drinking would be yep. our, I think, our pitch in general.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Andrew, I really appreciate you coming on. I hope that I didn't take up too much of your time on a busy day, but we, you can come back and visit anytime. We can talk coffee all the time.
1: Excellent. I appreciate you, uh, you having me on the, the program.
0: That's a wrap for this episode of Ripple Effect Connection. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on how to connect coffee and help. A big thank you to Andrew Salisbury of Purity Coffee for joining us. We appreciate him taking the time out to join the podcast. And I certainly know you will never look at your morning cup of coffee the same again. Now that you've been inspired, here's my call to action for you. Take a moment to reflect on the insights and wisdom shared. Take inventory of what's on the shelves of your pantry and in your coffee cup each day. How can you apply these lessons to your own health and well-being? I'm always up for talking about coffee or anything else. I'd love to hear from you, so connect with me on social media and let me know what resonated with you. Reach out on Instagram at Christie. You can also get the full show notes for this episode and any others on my website at christyhugick.com slash podcast. Next, spread the inspiration, like, follow, review, and share this podcast with others who may benefit from this information. Stay tuned for the next episode of Ripple Effect Connection. Let's create waves of change together.